Evening Hot Dadout Podcast in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1... Welcome to the Odetta Podcast, where normal is not my specialty. I am your host, the holy shit, my voice is back, Adam Higgins, the Odetta Out, and this is the show where I talk about stuff going on in my head. I let you just crawl around up in there. I make fun of some weird news stories that kind of need to be ridiculed. And I tell you about a podcast that I think you need to check out because I just think you need to check it out. (laughs) So, yay, my voice is back. Thank you to everybody because I got so many well wishes last week and, you know, kind of uh, pulling the curtain back. um, I said last week that I thought, oh, yeah, this is the tail end of all this sick and all that stuff. Yeah, it turns out that that was actually a bad turn. And I I went from feeling generally cruddy but functional through the weekend and up to that day when my voice decided to go on strike to actually not going to work the next few days because my voice was completely like, no, it wasn't even my voice. I, I actually worked that night. I was like, oh yeah, I'm fine. By the end of that night, I was like, nope, I'm dead. I was, um, I almost left work early that night because I was, uh, took a real bad turn and I was out of work the next two days, which sucks. Oh man, that sucks. <laughs> missing, I hate missing work. I just, I'm, I'm one of those kind of people. Not that I'm like, oh, I love going to work and love. no, it's money. <laughs> missing work means missing money. And yeah, I had sick days that I, that I, I had to cash in. I've had a lot of requested nights off and things like that for like the concert and other events that we've done lately. But yeah, I was like, shit, I need to work. I need to get into work tonight. Oh man. But thank you everybody for all of the, again, for all the well wishes. And I just have so many comments about, oh my God, you sound so terrible. I hope you're okay. And all that. And so that was kind of nice. I don't get a lot of, of comments and a lot of, of feedback in a general sense. So that was very nice. Thank you, everybody. But this week, I wanted to do something a little different. I don't normally actually get to sort of, I guess you could say, flex my nerd cred. <laughs> it's just been one of those, I guess you could almost commit to, it's been a nerdy week. And I don't get to do this very often as I guess, I mean, really, it's like the last two days of it, but there's been a lot of nerd news. And I mentioned last week talking about play comics that, you know, I'm, I'm a, a low key nerd, I guess. Well, at least as far as you know, <laughs> unless you've been around the show for a long time, then you don't know necessarily that I'm actually a low-key nerd and I'm in like I mean like I mentioned last week I like the comic book movies and all that sort of stuff and the video games and and cartoons and I'm still a Toys R Us kid even if they're all closed you know I'm I don't want to grow up I've successfully managed to not grow up for 30 plus years why the hell am I going to start now so 
I decided I'm going to talk in little bits and pieces because there's a lot of stuff and I'm trying to, I'm trying to keep the show shorter. I don't know if you noticed. It wasn't necessarily just an effect of, I don't have a, this segment this week or that segment this week, or, oh, my voice is completely shot this week. I'm trying to shorten the shows down because I realized I was, I'm very long winded in everything I say, much like right now. So I'm trying to shorten the shows down and get them a little closer to how they used to be, where it was more of a 30, maybe 40 minute show instead of an hour plus every week, because I just go on at length like I am. But yeah, I'm just trying to slim things down. So trying to go with, this is going to be like episode three. Yeah, this is, that's where I'm going. This is episode three, (laughs) bunch of little stuff. I'm going to be flexing some nerd. So without further ado, let's get into the first bit of nerd news that I've got to cover. I don't got to cover, but I'm going to cover on Monday. Disney dropped the first real full trailer for the forever. (laughs) Really? You're doing this now. Sequel to Mary Poppins. Mary Poppins returns with uh, Emily Blunt taking over in the role of Mary Poppins because Dick Van Dyke is allowed to age, but Mary Poppins cannot. And Julie Andrews, at her age, so far from the original movie, she's not Mary Poppins anymore. I mean, everybody who's ever seen the movie is going to and like, no, Julie Andrews is Mary Poppins. Julie Andrews is also Peter Pan. So you have to remember, she's an amazing actress. But it was there are a lot of people I saw that are upset that she's not in the movie. She doesn't have a cameo. Uh, Dick Van Dyke actually comes back to reprise his role from the original film. But that is actually kind of a, hey, it's a, you know, a throwback and it's a doable thing. Whereas Julie Andrews kind of, she said that she does not want to be in it because she doesn't want to distract from Emily Blunt being Mary Poppins and her performance as Mary Poppins. You don't want to have Emily Blunt there being Mary Poppins. Well, the original Mary Poppins is right there and it it kind of takes you out of it. And they they got Angela Lansbury to come in and they, like I said, they got Dick Van Dyke and Lin-Manuel Miranda is in it and a million other people that do musicals and things like this that are, it, it looks really good. It looks, it's looks like it's going to be a, a really fun movie and I'm excited and I'm sure. And I, I don't know. I've mentioned this before. We don't go to the movies much because kids, but my wife loves, loves, loves Hamilton and loves Lin-Manuel Miranda. And so I'm willing to bet we are going to go see uh, the Mary Poppins Returns when it hits theaters. I think it, it's around Christmas time, Thanksgiving or Christmas time. I, I have to look it up again. But yeah, it's, I mean, this holiday season, uh, but yeah, I, I think this is probably going to be one we're probably going to take the kids to go see. And you know, Mary Poppins being a, a Disney musical and the visuals and they're doing the jumping into the paintings and it looks like they're really leaning heavy on the, uh, I don't know if you've ever heard this, the, uh, Mary Poppins, Harry Potter theory. Basically it amounts to, if you look at all of the things that Mary Poppins does in the course of that movie, it looks like, and then compare it to 
uh, magical things from the Harry Potter universe, like she looks in the mirror and her reflection is still there and it's kind of like the the living portraits. You know, she flies using an umbrella. Well, Hagrid has his wand in his umbrella. Maybe Mary Poppins is like Hagrid and he she had to leave Hogwarts for whatever reason. And maybe she was sent by the ministry or by Dumbledore, whoever, to go and and watch over these kids who obviously through the course of the the spoonful of sugar song and the the where they're cleaning up their room and all that and they're snapping their fingers and making magic happen like well these kids obviously have some magical ability so she's a recruiter for hogwarts and that's the, the, a very ugly cliff notes version but that mary poppins has that a lot of the features of mary poppins magic in the original movie line up with magic in the harry potter universe again the the pictures and the and just the way she does things and her general you didn't see anything there's no magic and the only people who see her magic are other people that have magical abilities so you're like oh dad's a muggle if you want to play it that way dad's a muggle and so deny 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 to dad because he can't see the magic. The kids have magical power, ma- ma- magical abilities, so you can do magic in front of the kids, things like that. And then she comes back in this one, you know, hasn't aged a day because wizards live forever. Um, but yeah, it's it, it's an interesting theory, it, it, and it's probably just they're turning the Mary Poppins magic up to eleven. But it almost kind of feels like they're leaning into that, that sort of, hey, you know what? People made these comparisons. Let's turn it up a little bit. All right. So then Tuesday, we get a a twofer. We got a twofer on Tuesday. And this is where I'm going to hit them real quick. First thing, Tuesday morning, Marvel dropped, I guess Disney, but Marvel and Disney dropped the first trailer for Captain Marvel, which is the first big uh, uh like well it's the first female superhero like the first female solo superhero film from marvel and it's supposed to kind of launch the uh post infinity war what do they call it the the snapture or whatever the the uh <laughs> the the mass dusting of of half the universe at the end of infinity war spoilers seriously if you're listening to me and you're any level of nerd, you know, at this point, that whole, that the end of, of Infinity War is, is pop culture, common knowledge. So meh, but whatever. Um, yeah. So she's basically supposed to be the one to help resolve the whole issue. And she's the big hero and all this stuff and supposed to be the most powerful Marvel superhero. And it's, the trailer looks pretty cool. I mean, you're dealing with the, like the way they're doing it because it's, they're doing an origin story, but they're doing, it's not so much an origin story as they're doing a, here's where <laughs> I was watching Nerdist News Talks back yesterday while they were talking about this. And it was so funny because they refer to it as a period piece and technically speaking and okay, no, not even technically it is. It's a period piece. The thing about it is it's set in the 1990s. And then you have to remind yourself, 1990 was 28 years ago. 
most of my life. The 90s were over 20 years ago. It's a period piece. It's really sad, but it's a period piece. <laughs> I mean, the, the the trailer opens with her crashing th- from space and crashing into the top of a blockbuster video. I mean, what's more 90s than that? At one point, she's wearing a Nine Inch Nails t-shirt. <laughs> you know, it, it, it's just full of 90s Easter eggs and stuff like that. But it, it looks good. And it's got, you know, the whole movie kind of takes place with, oh, there was an alien invasion. And this is, you know, you've got de-aged Samuel Jackson, Nick Fury with two eyes and kind of a fro. You get Clark Gregg coming back playing Agent Coulson, also with a full head of hair. <laughs> it's like, oh, we're going to make these guys look younger. And we've got a young Coulson and a young uh, Nick Fury. And you've got Nick Fury in the, the, the voiceover for it kind of saying that he was on the edge of quitting shield because we're like, well, what the fuck are we doing? You know, there's nothing happened. And then, uh, you fell out of the sky and changed my whole world. And you know, you've got alien invasion and all this stuff going on. So lots of cool stuff. And again, I like these movies and I know there are people like Epic film guy, Nick, who generally shit on Marvel in a general way. And movies there are people and people that hate the uh comic book movie overload and i get it because literally marvel drops i think two or three movies a year and dc is trying to compete with all this stuff but they aren't doing so great with it but then the dc uh cw arrowverse tv shows and all the superhero i i totally understand people complaining about superhero oversaturization right now Oversaturation is that right? Saturation, oversaturation. One of those, one of those words is right because words. But it's kind of funny <laughs> to look at it that way. But I, I don't care. I'm gonna watch them because I love the big explosion popcorny movies and not stupid, stupid. The stupidity is thrown in for for comedy's sake, not just stupid, not. Uh, Transformers The Last Night Stupid. That movie was stupid. <laughs> it's like, oh, we're gonna drag it all the way, make Transformers involved with the Knights of the Round Table. Why not? Fuck. No, that was stupid. <laughs> but what I will say, what, uh, it, I, I'm just, I get it. But this is setting up for the, hey, here's how it's gonna resolve itself after Infinity War. And so I'm excited for that. I'm still trying to get my wife to watch Infinity War. She probably won't because the only reason she watches Iron Man is because she likes his cars. <laughs> really? <laughs> she, I mean, she bought me the first Avengers movie and she enjoyed it, but she, she doesn't seek out these movies. And if I try and put them on TV, she very quickly changes it. So yeah, that's, that's that. But. I'm excited for this anyway. Maybe at a point, I probably won't get to see it until I'm probably, we're probably going to have to buy that new Disney streaming service just so we can watch our regular stuff because we watch a lot of Disney stuff because boys. And so we'll probably have to get that thing when it comes out next year, I think. And cause all of the movies are going to go there now. Nothing's going. I think they said black Panther was the last net, uh, Disney movie to go on Netflix. So yeah, Oh, well, but last 
and certainly not least, and this is probably the one I'm the most excited about, not that you can tell, but the one I'm most excited about, and I think the most, the most people are the most apprehensive about, oddly enough, is uh, Tuesday afternoon, I guess, depending on what coast and where you're located. In some people, it was Wednesday, because people in the future, woo, time zones are fun. Sorry, I'm a dork. Anyway, <laughs> uh, Netflix and the creators of Avatar The Last Airbender announced that they are going to have a live action Avatar The Last Airbender on Netflix coming, I forget when, because I don't keep these things in front of me, because I'm not that type of prepared person. So, <laughs> I'm excited for this because one of the th a one of the things they promised was that this is for all intents and purposes this is a response to the fuck up that was the last airbender film the fact that m night shyamalan was handed the most perfect property to make a movie out of and he did everything wrong that could ever be done in adapting a property other than nope don't have a don't have a don't have an, an exception to that he fucked up every single thing about this movie no i got one thing appa looked right that was it and he was in one fucking scene flying i mean seriously the whole movie was was bad the acting was terrible and I'm not one to sit there and say, oh, they whitewashed the cast, but because they didn't whitewash the cast, exactly. But they, he took liberties with shit that, like, it was like he, he obviously demonstrated in making that movie that he felt he knew better than the creators of the show and the source material. Like, he changed the fucking hero's name. It's like, oh, well, you know, I'm Asian. He's Indian. He's like, or, or fucking Middle East, wherever. I think he's Indian. I don't know, fucking care, whatever. But he was like, oh, well, it's supposed to be, because it's spelled like that, uh, it's supposed to be pronounced this. It's like, no, his fucking name is Ang. Why is his name Ang? Because they said his name is Ang. It's not Ang. You know, the, and, he he took liberties with like he changed the rules of bending and i understood his justification for changing the rules of of bending because i get it and his argument was well water benders have to have water to bend air benders need air to bend uh earth benders need ground there has to be something material that exists outside of them but fire benders for some reason can just generate fire and he felt that's not fair. So firebenders have to like carry fire with them, kind of like Pyro in the X Men. He can't create the fire, but he can manipulate it. And so that was kind of the way they went with it. So I get that. Fine. They they went with okay. They can't make fire. Only super high level firebenders can make fire, like Iro who he also changed his fucking name. And those there were some cases, absolutely, I will say there were cases of whitewashing in that movie. He cast a white man to play what is one of the most Japanese stereotype characters in the entire uh, series. Now, 
if you've watched Avatar The Last Airbender for any amount of time and you know all of the main players and you are familiar with the four kingdoms of, of the Avatar world, you can sit there and clearly define what the racial makeup of that, per- like what the representation is. And like the airbenders are obviously Buddhist monks. Look at them. Um, and the earth kingdom are obviously mainland China. Why? They're the big ass central shit. <laughs> That's it. And you look at the style of everything there. It's very Chinese. The style, the design of the characters, minus the fact that the earth king tends to look like a white guy. Um, the earth king tends to not look Chinese, but generally speaking, they look very Chinese and the style of everything in the earth kingdom is very Chinese. So, and then you get to the water nation who duh live on the poles. They're fucking Eskimos or Inuits. Fine. I'll be, no, they're fucking Eskimos. Just shut up. So fine. They're native, uh, Alaskans. They're native Yukon, uh, polar residents. <laughs> fine you can and you can find some native tribal people to play those parts trust me there's a lot of them there's more than you think a lot of the time they end up playing mexicans it's just the way hollywood is there's not a lot of roles for natives this is not written into shit anyway and then the fire kingdom which is made up of islands is fucking japan and it obviously represents japan they're technologically advanced. They're somewhat militaristic. And there's a lot of honor and, and thing. everything about the Fire Nation screams Japan. So what did he do? He cast a Middle Eastern kid to play Zuko. They cast a middle-aged, tall, skinny Iranian guy to play Uncle Iroh, who is supposed to be a short, fat, wise old obviously japanese guy i mean come on when the point in the story when they're on the run and they're fugitives he opens a tea shop how much more japanese could you really get and then they had white people playing the main heroes i mean ang ang not ong dick ang who is supposed to be uh, an airbender and he's supposed to be like a buddhist monk and Sokka and katara are both water tribes so they're supposed to be native appearing they're both i mean Sokka was played by the guy one of the guys from twilight and katara was about as white as they come they're supposed to be playing eskimos basically i'm gonna keep using that term because that's what i grew up with i still call people indians i'm sorry i grew up in arizona that's just the way it is (sighs) but anyway they they just they just they they ethnically screwed the cast and things didn't match up and it was all just because he thought he knew better than the source material again he changed pronunciations of people's names he completely skipped over major things he changed the fundamental personality of the hero and made him all mopey and lethargic when he's supposed to be a super energetic excitable 12 year old kid because he's a 12 year old kid who just loves to have fun and and be positive 
and he made him this super mopey emo kid and it really dragged the movie down never mind that the acting was garbage and it was it was just bad and so they've promised that it won't be that that the the casting and the representation in the film or film in the the series will be more accurate and i'm not one of those people that screams diversity i'm not i feel like you know if you know don't insert a person of color just to insert a person of color but make sure that your your film or your show or whatever is representative accurately so if you're doing a movie about detroit you better have a significantly high population of of black people in your film if not you're stupid if you're doing a film set in south beach you'd better have a lot of older jews and a lot of hispanics especially puerto ricans why because that's what south beach is like that's it if you're setting your movie in arizona you need a lot of hispanics a lot of old white people and a pretty substantial amount of natives but you have to have it it has to be representative of the location and the timing too the time because there's a big difference in England if you're casting something in London now versus if it was London a hundred years ago. The population has changed. Period. You know, so Bend It Like Beckham takes place in modern England where there's a very high uh, uh, population of Muslims. Yeah, it's actually a thing. Um, there's a lot of Pakistani Muslims in in england just a thing so you have to represent that if you did if if it's a period piece from the victorian era you're not going to have those people in there but anyway i'm getting into ethnics and all diversity stuff and i'm just i'm just saying i don't think you should don't i i don't like affirmative action casting (laughs) basically don't input diversity for the sake of inputting diversity Make it accurate and fair. Make it fit. And I feel like you need to cast Asian actors to play the Fire Fire Nation and the Earth Kingdom. You need to try and find as many native, like, was it first tribes or first or first nations peoples? Is think is the most politically correct term that I could pull out of my ass um, for the the water tribe. And how the hell you're going to cast the, the well, you got one airbender. It's not that hard. But how to do that? You know, that's a whole other thing. But you've got to represent appropriately. And you've got to get the spirit of the characters right. Sokka was a goofball. Katara was way too serious until the very end. And, you know, Aang was just a 12-year-old kid who was trying to have fun. And he really, and the weight of his position as the Avatar did not really sink in for quite a while. He was just a kid wanting to have fun and go penguin sledding or ride on air balls and things like this. Fly around on his his giant flying bison. Things like this is what he cared about. He's a 12-year-old kid who wanted to have fun and oh shit, I'm supposed to bring balance to the entire world. Hell. 
that's that's what it should be. The, they have, and the, because the creators of the show are actually involved, I th- I'm really optimistic about this. But I'm still going to, you know, hold reservation until I see it, which is still going to be for a while. But I'm I'm probably more excited than most because I love the series, and it was just so well done. And if you have not, I don't care how old you are. If you haven't seen Avatar The Last Airbender, go back. I think it's on Netflix. I have no clue because I don't watch Netflix enough to know. I've heard it's on there. But go find it. Watch it all. Because the story is amazing. There's so much depth. There's so many characters. There's so much. The depth of storytelling changed storytelling in cartoons and in children's shows from the get-go. So, enough. That's that's that, but just do that. Do that because trust me, you'll appreciate it. Even if you don't like cartoons, it's just a great story. And I'm really hoping that this new show is awesome. And damn it, I've gone on way longer than I intended to, but that's because I'm a nerd and I got too sidetracked by the bad that was the last Airbender movie. <laughs> All right, break time. I'm going to play you some promos. I'll be right back with this week's recommended listening feature, Leap Like Me. Check out Who's Right with Doug and Anthony. We got it. Just days before an SUV carrying a family of eight plummeted from a cliff in Northern California. (laughs) This is something I can rally around, you know, because I am anti dead hooker. I am. (laughs) Me too. I I, like my hookers alive. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds weird, doesn't it? I don't want to edit this. If you want to edit this shit, then go ahead. But I there's just take out the shit that will get will get me fired. If I Whatever. were to if I were to say that word, that, that would word. be what our podcast would be known for. We've been doing this for seventy episodes. That'd be it. Our our we are racist, and you would be dragged right down with me. We no, are. I would be there fighting the power, man. <laughs> I would prove the critics wrong and and catch the jungle fever. From that logic, if you follow that out, I can make fun of. Of many handicapped people, all I want as long as I don't call them a certain word. Right. That's not that's not the <laughs> no, right. not right. <laughs> that's not the lesson that I would teach my kids. <laughs> Just don't make fun of mentally handicapped people. <laughs> I think you pretty much got the gist of it. You're you're a shit bag. <laughs> Check out who's right at who's right podcast.com. I'm wrong, you're wrong. All right. Interjection here. Um, Hurricane Florence just hit, um, just this last week, hit the east coast of the U.S., hit uh, the Carolinas pretty bad. And Doug from Who's Right actually lost everything in that storm. Uh, He was fortunate enough that he and his family were able to escape and they are safe and everybody is unharmed, but he very quickly learned that his home and everything in it were destroyed in the storm and the ensuing flood. And now they need your help. Uh, 
They are currently living out of hotels, like so many other people that had to evacuate that have lost their homes. And uh, David, the producer from the Unrideable Rant, amazing guy, has started a GoFundMe to help Doug and his family to rebuild or just to help them stay afloat right now. Like I said, they're living in hotels right now and they really need your help, our help to come back from this. I lived in a, a, a floodplain in a hurricane zone when I lived in Texas. When I lived in Corpus Christi, hurricanes were a constant issue. And it was, it was a, a thing that you would think about, but you never think it happens to you. Every time hurricane season comes around, you see the stories about the people who stayed behind and died because they refused to leave or they left and like Doug, they lost their homes. But you never think it's going to happen to you. And unfortunately, it happened for Doug. He lost everything. His home, his cars, his every, all of their possessions were left behind. And they need your help. Again, our help to help rebuild, along with all of the other people that were displaced and, and lost everything in the storm. But right now, I know Doug. Doug is a great guy, and I, I've joked that, you know, he is like me, he's a, a nice guy asshole too. He comes off as being a rough and kind of vulgar assholey type guy but he has got a heart of gold and he himself has done so much to help other podcasters uh he started the t-shirt campaign with we have merch to raise money for perry and lindsey johnson on his own he started that you know they've He's designed things for other podcasters. He's helped so many other shows. He's such a great guy, hidden behind the very abrasive, crusty exterior. And he deserves some of that back. So I'm going to throw the link in the show notes. I'm going to throw it up on the website. If you can give $5, if you can give $50, every penny helps. You know it does. Let's show Doug and his family and everybody else out there that was displaced by this storm that we care and we are there to help them. So donate to the GoFundMe or to whatever charity you feel is appropriate. Again, I'm going to throw the link to the GoFundMe in the show notes. And for whatever you can do to help, thank you. Recommended listening. Hello and welcome to Leap Like Me. I'm your host, Lisa Hawashi. I'm a life coach and my specialty is helping people to plan and take their leaps in life. My adventure in this work began with my own sabbatical. When I left behind a career in humanitarian aid at age 34 to take a year to travel and be in nature. It was the scariest thing I ever did, and it transformed my life in amazing and unexpected ways. I learned the power of listening to that little voice inside that says, it's time to leap. 
I created this show because I know how lonely and scary it can feel when you're contemplating a big, risky, unconventional move like this. I wanted to bring together the stories of real people who have taken these types of leaps so that we all feel less alone in this experience and can support one another. Everybody here wants you to know that no matter where you're at and no matter your background, you too can leap like me. So I'm sure right about now you're like, what the hell? So I'm going to come up front right now. (laughs) But full disclosure, this is a client. And no, this is not going to turn into a platform where, oh, here's the new show that I'm producing and uh, you should check it out because I'm producing it. Which maybe if you're interested in the kind of work that I actually do, have at it, great. but. One of the philosophies that I kind of picked up from my podcast editing mentor was don't work on a show you wouldn't listen to because you're going to have to listen to it every week to edit it several times while you're editing. So don't work on something that you you can't stand to listen. So when Lisa came to me uh, inquiring about my services and pitched the show. And I took a listen. I was very intrigued and I, and it kind of goes to what I was saying last week about, I like storytelling and I like listening to people's stories and I've become very, I guess you could say sucked in the, the stories that I'm hearing from these people on this show are amazing and the the struggles and the things they're going through (sighs) leap like me at least in its first season right now is focused on people who have taken sabbaticals and if you don't know exactly what that is basically where you pack up everything and you basically take a break from your life as it is right now like if i packed up right now quit my job sold whatever the hell i had to do to do it packed up and moved to Ireland for, t- for a year. Kind of like when, when you hear about college students backpacking, kind of similar century, but you know, you kind of take a break from life as you live it right now to do a, something completely different in another place. And the stories that some of these people have told about the reasoning why they decided to take a sabbatical. Some of it was for more altruistic reasons, like a husband and wife who had been in the Peace Corps and done things, but family life kept them from doing these things, so they wanted to do more of it. Or maybe they just needed to get away from the stress of their job and their life as it is now and find a new sort of life purpose and and reconnect with a simpler life. There's so many reasons. And I'm, and I'm loving the stories about these people and the, the way these people tell their stories. And it's not all individual people. Like I said, that I can remember right off the top of my head, two whole families that picked up. They like, yeah, we took our kids and we moved to uh, Uganda and have lived there for a year. You know, I could never do that. At least in my current mindset right now, I could never do that. But hearing the people's stories from how they live and the 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 good the bad the ugly 
the the tips and tricks for if you want to do this and it's been a, it's been really cool learning about this whole kind of thing i mean i understood there are people that do these things but i never thought about it and i never realized there were so many people that would do these things or the kind of variety of kind of aspects to it the why are you doing it and how are you doing it are you selling all of your possessions back home and moving to the Congo? Or are you getting a job in another country? Or are you going to, I'm going to go there and take a vacation for a couple of weeks. And then a couple of weeks turned into a couple of months and a couple of months turned into, I live here now. (laughs) And now I have a job and I'm getting married and my whole life is completely changed. You never know. All of these different variables, but I'm loving these stories about all these things because it's completely new to me. It's a completely new idea. It's a completely new thing. And I'm so fortunate to get to work on this show because I, like I said last week, I kind of feel like I'm getting the, I'm getting the advanced copy of this show and I still listen back to it. I'm still, I'm subscribed to the show and I, I've told you before, I don't ever recommend something I'm not subscribed to. I won't ever recommend a show to you that I don't listen to, that I'm not subscribed to, that I don't support 100%. And again, full disclosure, she does not know that I'm doing this. She has not paid me to do this. This is not part of the package (laughs) of me being her editor and producing the show. This is something I'm doing on my own. You know what? I'm going to straight up say it. There are editors and there are producers and there are podcasters who will charge for this right now that she is a client. She also produces a great show that I stand behind aside from the fact that I produce the show. Producing this show makes me want to get better as an editor so that her show can sound as good as the content that she is giving me to work with because the stories are amazing and the story she's able to pull out of these people and every, it's just so crazy and so amazing and so much information. And they're really, there's a couple of them that are a little bit longer, but for the most part, they're in the 30, 30, 40 minute range. So not over, not ridiculous like me because they can they can they're, they're they have a certain level of 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 with brevity not brevity <laughs> brevity yeah i think that's it they can they can rope it in i can't at the same time i also help them rope it in <laughs> but you know it, it's i just love the stories of it i love getting to listen to the experiences and all of these things. And it's, again, it's, it's one of the things that is why I love being an editor is that I get to hear all these things from these different people. And, and it's exposing me to shows that I would not have ever listened to. Now I would say before sunshine and power cuts, I would not have listened to a show like this. Probably not. And were it not for the confidence that I've gained from, from Emily Prokop and Heather Welch, telling me you can do it you're actually you're really good you can do this go at it you can be an editor and emily herself for connecting me with lisa and giving the recommendation to give me a chance i wouldn't be 
here right now. I wouldn't be listening to this show. I wouldn't be getting to experience these stories. And I'm more open to listening to newer shows and different types of shows now because of this experience and working on this show and the other shows that I work on. But I know I'm, I'm, I'm all over the place and it's, it's, I, I realize that, yeah, I'm always all over the place, but with this show, it's, it's very enlightening for me. And again, because I get to work on it. So I get to hear it before all of you guys do, but it's, it's a great show. And again, she's not paying me to say this (laughs) again. She doesn't know I'm doing this and can I would say, considering the nature of her show, she probably wouldn't listen to mine. But then again, Heather from Sunshine and Power Cuts listens to me. If, if Heather can listen to me, then anybody could listen to me, really. <laughs> I, I, I cannot try and even grasp what my audience is like. <laughs> it goes from some foul people to the sweetest people in the world. And Lisa seems to be one of those people. She, she's a really sweet person. She's really great. She really loves helping people. And so you need to check out the show. Really? Again, not because she's somebody that I work with, but because it's a great show. And the little sample that, that I, I put together for you there is it just kind of wraps. It just kind of gives you a little overreaching, overarching sort of summary of what the show is about and the the feel and the tone of the show. But again, if you're like me at all and you enjoy hearing people's stories, check it out. Absolutely check it out because the stories are great. The information is great. And I promise you, you will not regret listening to this show. I promise. And I don't promise a lot of things, but I promise you that if anything, you will appreciate the stories from these people. It's you, you have to. So check out Leap Like Me at lisahawashi.com. It's on, on Apple Podcasts and, and all of the places. You know how to subscribe. You're listening to me, right? All right. But that is going to do it for me for this week. I didn't want to go as long as I did. I just got sidetracked in the last airbender stuff. So no jackass. I guess I got to save it for next week. Maybe I'll do something else. I don't know. You'll see. I'll do something. But thank you for listening. If you are so inclined, reach out to me. Find me on the Facebook and the Twitter and the Instagrams at Odd Dad Out. Go to odddadoutpodcast.com to get links to everything I've talked about past shows links to subscribe to the show and if you're really awesome and you want to get yourself some odd dad out podcast swag click right up there on the little merch tab or the donate tab whatever you want to do to support the show and show off that you just dig whatever the hell this thing is that i do here and if you really dig the show and want to help me out in the best possible way Tell your friends about it. Post the show up on your social media. That's the best thing you can do to help me out. But until next week, I'm Adam Higgins, the Odd Dad Out. Thank you and good night. Good night.